Our last week we ended a sermon series uh, through the book of Jonah, um, as Pastor Stephen prayed, as Pastor Stephen said, um, called "Live Sent," um, and that was just we just um, went through the book of Jonah and we explored what it was like for um, us basically to live on mission. Um, today we're privileged to start a new sermon series um, through the Lord's Prayer called Praying Like Jesus. It's called Praying Like Jesus. And we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and hopefully it would help us to learn how to pray uh, better. Friends, if you did not know this before, I want to tell you now. We are in desperate need of prayer. We need prayer. I need prayer. We cannot survive outside of prayer. I want you to put this in your mind, that you can accomplish nothing in your Christian life outside of prayer. Expect to accomplish nothing if you are not one who prays. Friends, you may not be the best teacher over here. You may not be the best preacher. You may not be the best singer. But if you can pray, you can accomplish much. Mosaic will do well. We will do well, Mosaic, if we pray together, trusting in God for great things. Mosaic will be blessed if we have people here praying, committed to prayer. There is a man by the name of John Hyde. He was nicknamed Praying Hyde. He was a missionary to the Indians. And he prayed. He prayed. He prayed so much that he earned the name Praying Hyde. And he would pray that God will bless him with one convert a day. And the Lord in one year blessed him with 400 conversions, converts. He was a missionary. And you wonder how he went so far? You wonder how he accomplished great things? Well, I want to share a quote with you of what he said. He says this, The renewal of the church will depend on the renewal of our prayer life. Hudson Taylor, who was another missionary, who, who accomplished great things for the Lord, he says, You must go forward on your knees. Adoniram Judson, another great missionary that we know of, he says, God loves impertinent prayer so much that he will not give us much blessings without it. Charles Spurgeon, whom we know was a, a pastor, who we know is a, a great preacher, he says, as well could you expect a plant to grow without air and water so expect your heart to grow. You shouldn't expect your heart to grow without prayer and faith. Martin Luther 
says, prayer is a strong well and fortress of the church. It is a goodly Christian weapon. My friends, all of these men accomplished much to advance the kingdom of God in extraordinary ways. You know the common thread that each of these men had? A praying life. It wasn't great men. It was a great God who displayed his glory through praying people. Friends, you and I cannot survive without prayer. If you and I are to to master anything in our lives, let it be prayer. And so what Jesus Christ does for us, he says essentially this, I am not going to leave you to your own device when it comes to prayer. I will teach you how to pray. Praying is important. You need prayer. I need prayer. We all need prayer. So I'm not going to leave you to your own devices. I'm going to show you. I'm going to teach you how to pray. So what Jesus Christ does is he, he, he begins in the negative. He says, do not be like the hypocrites who stand in, 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 in the places and they, 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 they pray out loud so that everybody could see them. No, don't be like them. Do not be like those hypocrites. They receive their reward in full. Everyone already sees that they're praying. They're receiving their reward in full. They're not going to get anything from God. He says, don't be like those hypocrites. And also, do not be like the Gentiles who heap up empty phrases, who will just keep saying the same thing over and over again because they think by their many words they will be heard. No, 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 no. Pray then like this. So we're going to open up your Bibles. Open up your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew. And let's see how Christ wants us to pray. What does Jesus say when he says pray then like this. How does he teach us to pray? If there's anybody that I want to learn how to pray from, it might as well be like Jesus, right? Might as well be Jesus Christ who teaches me how to pray, right? He was the greatest prayer warrior that the earth has ever known. Pray then like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord teaches us to pray. So I grew up in Catholic school where we were to memorize this prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And we would recite it throughout the day. So we would know it like the back of our hands. 
But looking back, I could say that there were positives and negatives in reciting such prayers. The one major benefit is that I had committed the Lord's Prayer to memory. I knew the Lord's Prayer really well. But then the negative is that I only recited it as if it was some magic formula. I didn't know what I was saying, I just simply recited. We said the right words without thinking about what we were saying. Friends, you can say the right words, but friends, you must know what you are saying. But some of us don't consider this prayer at all. We don't want to be like the Catholics over there who recite this prayer without thinking. We want to pray our own prayers. And you don't even consider the fact that the Lord himself is the one that taught us this prayer. My friends, let's approach this passage not in a way where we think about it flippantly, we don't even consider it, where we just recite it without thinking of it, but in a way where we are reverently considering that this is Jesus Christ speaking. The prayer should not be studied as a formula, but as a model prayer. Allow your prayers to pattern after this. So let's consider first the address. The address. Who is this prayer addressed to? Who is this prayer addressed to? Jesus Christ says, pray then like this. Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, who is in heaven. The prayer is addressed to the Father. He did not say, pray like this, dear Holy Spirit. He did not even say this, pray then like this, dear Jesus. Why do I say this? Am I saying this is because it's, it's wrong to pray to Jesus? No. Am I saying that it's wrong to pray to the Holy Spirit? No, I would never say that. But I, I, as I read scripture, it seems like the normal pattern is addressing the Father through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. That's the normal pattern that I see in scripture is addressing the Father through the Spirit in the name of Jesus. There are a few instances where the author will, uh, where a person will actually address Jesus himself. So prayer to Jesus is Definitely in the Bible. But it seems as if the normal pattern is to the Father. But look at the manner of the address. Look at, at how he calls God. He says, pray then like this. Our Father. Our Father. He says, we can call him Father. You and I, who were once alienated from God. You and I, who were once separated from God. Now, we have access to call him Father. 
I want you to meditate on that. I want you to fill your mind with truths about who God is and who he is to you. We can relate to God, the holy God, the the transcendent God as Father. My friends, it will do you well. It will do you well to meditate on passages that speak of God as your Father. He will... He is your father. He is your father. You can address him as such. He will move heaven and earth for his children. Wouldn't you for your own children? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And so, friends, we can call him father. We can call him Father. For those of you who are not a Christian, who are not Christians, you can call him Father through Jesus Christ. If you trust in Jesus Christ, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you can call him Father too. Wouldn't you want to call the God of creation, wouldn't you want to call the God who created you Father? You see, not all of us are children of God by birth. The Bible says that we all were born sinners. We all were straying away from God. And God had to adopt a few of us. God adopted his, his people. He adopted, he, he adopted a few of you, many of you over here, and to become his children. And so if you trust in Jesus Christ, guess what? You have access to call him Father, let's consider also the petition, the petition, our father who, are, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, hallowed be your name. This is the first of six petitions, and the first one is for God's name to be holy. Now, By the way, this verse can be taken two ways. Either this is a petition or a praise, right? In other words, he is either instructing us to praise God. Oh, Lord, our Father, holy is your name, right? Or he could just be saying, I am am instructing you um, to petition to God. Oh, Lord, may your name be holy. I've taken the latter position. That is, hallowed be your name is a request, a petition for him to be holy, made holy. I pray that it will make sense to you what I'm saying um, in the, um, as we go on in the sermon. Sorry. So what does it mean that um, God's name is holy? What does it mean that we that God's name is to be made holy? Well, first of all, we must understand that God's name is already holy. God is already holy. God's name is holy. What does it mean? I mean, I mean, you cannot make God more holy than he is. He already is holy. 
If we look at Psalm 99 verse 3, it says, holy is he, referring to God. So 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 2, there is none holy as the Lord, for there is none besides thee, neither is there any rock like our God. The, 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 the author is saying, the writer is saying, look, there is no one holy. There is no one holy like the Lord. Is the Lord holy? Yes. Scripture answers with a resounding yes. The Lord is holy. And of course, the passage of all passages found in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. I put it up, up, up for you guys to read. But it says, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe, the robe filled the temple. Above him stood stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. Let's stop there for a quick second. Here in the passage, Isaiah sees the Lord on his throne, which signifies his authority. He sees him high and lifted up. You see, Isaiah just doesn't want to tell you his geographical location. Oh, he's just high, in case you wanted to know. He wanted to show you the transcendency of God, how high God is. God is above all. And it continues, his robe filled the temple. The, the length of a king's robe signified the greatness of his authority. The Lord's robe filled the temple, it says. It filled the place. You see, this is a majestic sight. This is an awesome sight. This is a great sight. What is the one word that can describe such perfection of God's beauty? What is the one word that can describe the sight? It says that the seraphim were crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The angels are declaring that God is holy. Holy, holy, out of all the words that could be used in all the dictionaries in heaven, there is only one word, one refrain that gets repeated by these angels, and that is holy, holy, holy. My friends, in case you did not know this before, God is holy. The Bible speaks of God as being holy. There's no doubt about that. So then, what does it mean then? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your name be holy. May your name be sanctified. What does that mean? If your name is already holy, if your name is already exalted, if your name is already great, what does it mean then for our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, to understand that, I want you to trace back with me through the Old Testament real quick, beginning in the book of Numbers. 
Numbers chapter 20, verse 12. Before we get there to this passage, I just want to give you a little bit of the background of what's going on here in this passage. Moses was, the Bible says he was the most humble man of his time. There was nobody like Moses. In, in fact, in fact um, Moses would speak God's word to the people. Moses actually spoke to God. The Bible says face to face. He's, God actually loved his servant Moses. Moses loved the Lord. He walked with the Lord. As people were grumbling in the wilderness, Moses was faithful to God. God was God God had Moses walking in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses remained faithful to his God. Imagine that. Imagine that. And yet, even though Moses was faithful, God told Moses, "You will not go to the land." When God there was a, an episode in which God told Moses, because the people kept on grumbling, God, Moses, we're thirsty, we're thirsty. You, you, are you just gonna, you, you're going to kill us? Is that what you're here to do? You're here to kill me? And Moses says, I'm going to pray to God. He prays to God. God says, take this rock and speak to this rock, and water will come out of the rock. What Moses does instead is he says, okay, God, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to strike the rock. So what Moses ends up doing is instead of listening to God and speak, and speak to the rock, he takes his staff and he hits the rock twice. And so God tells him, you're not going to go in the land. But why, God? Why will Moses not go into the land? I mean, you, this is your servant. This is the person that's been walking with you for 40 years in the wilderness. This is such a great man. Why is Moses not going to enter the land? Let's look at this passage. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of people. You see that? He says, because you did not believe in me and you didn't uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. You see, God is so concerned. God is so passionate about the honor of his name. He says, yes, I am holy. Yes, I really am holy. But because you did not regard me as holy before the people, you're not going into the land. You see, so even though God is holy, even though God's name is holy, what it means for us to, what it means for God's name to be hallowed is that people will regard God's name as holy. You see, God wants to display his greatness. God wants to display his holiness to the nations. 
let's let's consider another passage Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 7 God says this and my holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel and I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore and the nation shall know that I am the Lord the holy one in Israel what's going on here isn't God already holy isn't God already holy but he says this yes I am holy I am 100% holy, but my holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore. What he's saying is this, yes, I am 100% holy, but not everybody recognizes it as, as such. Not everyone regards me as such. Therefore, I will be holy in the midst of these people. So when you are praying, hallowed be your name, you're acknowledging that God is holy. You're acknowledging God is holy, holy, holy already. But you're also praying, God, I want you to be regarded as holy. I want you to be regarded as holy in my own life. I want you to be regarded as holy in the lives of my friends. Oh, friends, let us pray. Let us pray that God's name will be hallowed. That you will not profane God's name. It's very interesting that when God would rebuke his people, he'll say, look, I am about to, when, when, when God will say, when, when God will, will um, um, when he will rebuke the people because they did not regard his name as holy, what he would say is that you did not regard me as holy before the Gentiles, before the nations, before unbelievers. And my friends, we would be, we would do well if we take heed to what God is saying here. Friends, it is possible, it is possible for people to profane God's name because of us. It is possible that people, unbelievers, will profane the name of God because of us. By our conduct. By the way that we live. See, if there's not a stark contrast, if there is not a stark difference between you and your co-workers or between you and your classmates and you profess Christ, be very careful. You might be profaning the name of God. So you're praying, God, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name in your own life. You want God's name to be regarded as holy in your life. 
You want God's name to be exalted in your own life. But not only in your own life. Watch this. In the life of Mosaic. For those of you who are in Calvary, church in the life of Calvary, or whichever church you're from, you want your church to hallow God's name. You want God's name to be hallowed in the midst of your church. If you notice with me, this passage, the, the, the prayer, um, Jesus Christ says, Our Father who art in heaven, if you realize something, the whole prayer is in plural. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Friends, this is corporate. We need to learn what it's like to pray corporately and, and as, as a church that we ask God, oh God, may your name be hallowed in this midst. In the life of Mosaic, we're not just praying, God, that you make us, that you help us to become multi-ethnic for the sake of multi-ethnic, but that your name will be hallowed among the nations, O oh Lord. That we're not just doing this for the sake of, of community, that we're not just doing this because we like this person that's next to us, because we like the family. No, we're doing this so that God's name will be hallowed. In all the earth, friends. In all the earth. And may I say, friends, this prayer may help you know where you are at spiritually. For some of you, you're looking at this prayer and you're like, I don't know if I want to pray that. And even if I utter those words out of my mouth, I don't know if I really want that. What I want is my own name to be hallowed. I want my own reputation to go forth in my job, at my school. I want people to know me. I want to get advanced at my job. I want to advance in school. I want to do all these great things, and then I want heaven in the end. Why not? That sounds like a good deal. Everything else works to serve me, this money, my job, everything else works. Why not God? My friends, if that is you today, it might be a helpful, it might be helpful for you to consider your life. For this kind of prayer, only a true Christian can pray. Only a true Christian can look at God's word and say, Yes, God, I want your name to be hallowed. Only a true Christian can say, yes, Jesus Christ is Lord, and I want him to advance in the nations. Only a true Christian can utter those words, and if that is not you, my friend, I want you to consider the possibility, just the possibility, that you are not there yet. And if you would have, uh, and, and, and if you want to have a conversation, I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. But at the heartbeat of every Christian is that God's name will be hallowed. But let's be honest. Even as Christians, even as Christians, 
At times we get distracted, don't we? At times we don't want God's name to be hallowed um, certain days as other days, right? Sometimes we get so distracted with our own agenda, with our own things that we're doing. My friend, this prayer is a helpful index of where you are at spiritually. Oh, may God's name be hallowed. May God's name be hallowed in my life, friends. May God's name be hallowed in your life. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. I know many times that I've had unanswered prayers. And normally, people will say, well, it wasn't God's will. Have you ever heard of that? Maybe you're praying for something, and perhaps God does not open the door. Perhaps it might not be God's will. But we can say this with confidence, that if we pray, hallowed be your name, that that is God's will. If you pray, God, I want your name to be hallowed in my life. God, I want, my, I want your name to be hallowed in my community. I want your name to be hallowed in Crown Heights. You can believe 100% without a doubt that that is 100% God's will. That's awesome. That's great. That encourages me to pray to the Father that God's name will be hallowed. Let's look at our country where, where we are at. Let's look at our city. Let's look at people profaning God's name. And let's be, dis let's, 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 <clears throat> let's pray hard that God's name will be hallowed. I could ask somebody to pass me water just real quick. So. Let's pray that God's name would be hallowed. So, practically, um, what does that look like? Practically, how are we to live this week? If, um, at work, at school, um, how are we to respond to this sermon? Thank you, brother. Well, the first thing, the first application is let us, let us in our lives regard God's name as holy, right? We live as if we truly believe God I want your will to be done. We, we, we're, we're practicing um, the honoring of God's name. Now, what, what does that mean? Um, you cannot pray a prayer that you truly don't mean, right? If you really mean it that God's name would be hallowed, you would live like it. The Bible says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give honor and praise to the Father who is in heaven. So I pray that you will practice honoring God's name and pray for it continually. Pray in your own life that God's name will be honored, that people will give praise and honor to God. Wouldn't it be awesome, friends, if people praise God because of you? 
Wouldn't it be awesome if people praise the name of God because of you? And then also our first one is pray God-centered prayers. What do I mean by that? Uh, many times, whenever we approach prayer, we always want to know, basically, or we wanna, always want to ask God um, what we want, right? We always want God to heal us. We always want God to feed us. We always want all of these things. And, of course, we're, we're going to get there. And, of course, God, God tells us, God commands us that we could pray for healing and we can pray for um, food and all of these things. However, many times people are not focused on God's agenda, what God is doing to the nations, what God is doing in the hearts of unbelievers. You're so concerned about yourself and you, you're not concerned about God and his glory and what God is doing in the nations. So, what we need to do is we need to concern, we need to look up and be concerned at God and his honor and what God is doing in the nations. Friends, this is very simple. Nothing too crazy, nothing too, too complicated in this sermon, but to practice it is a different thing. I'm going to close with a quote from a pastor named um, John MacArthur. He says, when someone speaks evil of a person, denigrates that person, brings false accusation on that person, destroy that person's reputation, that person will respond by saying, you have ruined my name. We understand that. And they may sue because our courts allow for lawsuits to be brought against people for the defamation of character. You can't just destroy someone's name. We understand the implications of that. If you can say things that aren't true about a person, the next time that person who heard you say that, hear the name of that person, they're going to have attitudes towards that person that are basically the product of your input. And it's the same thing with God. When we take God's name and we denigrate it, when we listen to things and listen to music that denigrates God's name, and even the, the movies that we watch, I've Sometimes if you watch just one movie and you count how many times the name, the name of the Lord is abused. My friends, if you are practicing living in such a way that denigrates God's name, you cannot begin to start praying that prayer yet. Our goal, our mission is that God's name will be honored in our lives and in the life of Mosaic. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that we can call you Father, that we can call you Abba Father. Because of the Holy Spirit, because of our union with Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that whatever um, came out today, that um, fruit will be the result, that people will run to you in prayer, and that people will 
trust you, God. We all will trust you that you will um, answer our prayers, that your name will be holy. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.